Praise God. Hallelujah. That was a very beautiful song. Uh, well arranged uh, lyrics. Thank God for another time in God's presence.
thank God for keeping us alive till this day. Uh, and I want to thank everybody uh, for their lovely wishes and their um, presence at the naming ceremony of our daughter yesterday. Thank you very much. God bless you. So let's go straight to the point. Um, let's go straight to business. Um, the book of Zephaniah, and that's what we are dealing with today. Uh, I don't know uh, who is there. Femi, I don't know if you are in a place you can talk. Can you lead us in opening prayers? If you are not in a noise. <clears throat> Authority in heaven, we give you glory. Thank you for today. We worship you. Thank you because you are our Lord. By your will and by your wish, we worship you. Thank you for joining to gather again in your presence. Be exalted, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray as we go into your word. We pray the Lord you will open your word unto us. Amen. Help us to see your word as you want us to see it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Father. Let your word profit us in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Okay, so let's go straight to the uh, to the to the study today. Uh, Book of Zephaniah is one of the minor prophets, and I think we've said it over and over. The issue of minor or major prophets um, is just uh, uh, on the volume of their books. In fact, while studying uh, Zephaniah, I realized something um, I haven't paid so much attention to. Oh, uh, Apologies, I don't think we're not live yet on Facebook. Okay, sorry about that. So uh, while studying the book of Zephaniah, I, I realized something um, I, I have not real. I mean, I didn't take note of uh, so, uh, previously. And that's the fact that uh, uh, Isaiah's volume of books um, was because he was, he was prophesying during the days of Manasseh who happened to be one of the worst kings uh, in the history of Israel. So Manasseh forbade him from prophesying. So because of, the, uh, of Manasseh's uh, 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 rules and regulations at that time, he devised a means to, to pass his message across. And he was writing them down and then spreading them, uh, spreading uh, the letters or the scrolls. So, and I just looked at it, those things. Thank God, I, when, I, when I realized this, I almost, I, I was almost saying, thank God for Manasseh. Because imagine if all these things Isaiah was saying uh, at that time, imagine if they were just for those people and they were not written down. He prophesied about the Messiah. He prophesied about crucifixion. Even when crucifixion was not invented, he prophesied about jets, a lot of things. So at times when when persecution comes, hmm, I think we just say thank you for some persecution, for some uh, persecutions, for some things that that God allowed to be brought our way. Uh, so that's um, that's the book of of Zephaniah. Zephaniah uh, why it's called a minor prophet? It's just because of the volume of the books. Uh, the major prophet had more volumes written, not the importance. It doesn't have anything to do with either how important or less important uh, these things are. 
Okay, uh, the memory scripture uh, is from Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 3. It says, Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness, seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. So the theme of this book is the day of the Lord. In fact, we wrote a number of things uh, that were later referenced in the New Testament. For instance, um, judgment beginning from the house of God was actually a Zephaniah prophecy. But Peter uh, referenced it in the New Testament that uh, judgment will start from the house of the Lord. And a number of us quote that. Uh, I don't want to, to use the word misquote, but we quote that without really understanding uh, the context. Uh, what, what Zephaniah was talking about here was that uh, when we're talking about the day of the Lord, it's not just about, um, it's not just about uh, 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 punishment for, for the whole world, but it's going to start from Israel, from Judah. So the punishment, the anger of the Lord, will start from the nation of Judah, and then it goes to the uh, to the other parts of the world. Uh, and 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 the day of the Lord, like we said uh, uh, in in one of the books, was it Isaiah, that uh, uh, the day of the Lord connotes uh, a time in the future, uh, the uh, whereby God's anger, God's wrath, will be will be poured, and it also connotes a time where uh, 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 wrapped up, that's the time after rapture. Uh, but um, I also realized from my study that for every one prophecy about the, the birth of the Messiah, for every one prophecy about Jesus's first coming, there are eight prophecies about his second coming. For every one prophecy about the Messiah coming to the world to save the world, to be crucified, there are eight prophecies about his second coming, coming as a king, coming uh, to judge the world, coming to pour out uh, uh, both of God's judgment on the earth. There are eight of those. And I just looked at it. And people, people are running away from those teachings, those kind of teachings. Uh, and, and there are more prophecies, more teachings, or more, more scriptures uh, uh, pertaining this. I just want us to take note of that. Okay, so um, introduction, the book of Zephaniah is a small book uh, sandwiched amid, amid the minor prophets. I think I've explained what, who the minor prophets uh, or what came across the minor and major prophets, what brought, up, uh, brought across the major or the minor prophets. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just the volume of their writings. Um, so, and also we know little about uh, uh, the prophet Zephaniah. However, this is the only prophet that described himself and started, he described his own genealogy, son of so-and-so, grandson of so-and-so, great-grandson of so-and-so, great-great-grandson of so-and-so, and he stopped at Ezekiah. And this is, this is uh, uh, okay, let's, let's read uh, Habakkuk chapter, chapter one. Uh, I think verses one and two, that's when he talked about his genealogy. Okay, the word of the Lord, which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Hushai, the son of Gadaliah, 
the son of Amaria, the son of Ezekiah. So, and he stopped at Ezekiah. Then he said something also significant in the days of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. So this is very significant. Let's quickly look at uh, the significance of this. Now he stopped at Ezekiah. Ezekiah being his great, great grandfather, or let me count. His father was Cushai, his grandfather was uh, Gedaliah, his great-grandfather Amman. So his great-great-grandfather was uh, Ezekiah. And what's the significance uh, of this? Uh, Ezekiah was, the, was a good king. Uh, Ezekiah upheld uh, the standards and the statutes of the Lord. However, his son, Manasseh, uh, so he, he probably will, was born uh, uh, around the time of Manasseh because Manasseh ruled for 55 years. So uh, uh, his son, Ezekiah's son, I mean, Zephaniah was born around the time of Manasseh. But Ezekiah's son uh, uh, ruled, that's Manasseh, ruled for 55 years. And it was one of it was the worst king. <laughs> they wanted to say one of the worst kings. <laughs> if actually, I don't think anybody has beat will beat the 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 the, the record of, of of Manasseh in terms of how evil he was. Um, he was a very bad king, a very terrible king. Uh, he sacrificed his sons uh, to the god of uh, Anak or so. Um, so. Uh, 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 Zephaniah would probably have been hidden because the prince, he was a prince, of course, you could see he traced his, his, his lineage back to Ezekiah, so it was of the royal blood. Probably at that time, um, uh, they were, uh, uh, what was it called? There, there was a lot of, of, of sacrifice of sons of royal blood to the to the to the to the hidden God, so the meaning of his name is hidden by God. Or uh, okay, let me just the Hebrew meaning is uh, Sephan Yah. Sephan Yah means Yahweh hides, or Yahweh has hidden. So which means his mother probably hid him, and with the help of God, this guy was not killed or sacrificed at that time. So. Um, after Manasseh's 55-year reign, uh, uh, Ammon reigned. Ammon was, I mean, he only reigned for two years because he was not a strong king. Uh, then after Ammon came Josiah, who was eight years old uh, when he began to reign. So, and uh, Zephaniah wrote this prophecy during the reign of Josiah. So we could see that there's a probably every, uh, a very huge probability was born during the days of, of Manasseh. Now, during the days of Manasseh, like I said, was when Isaiah was prophesying. And because of Manasseh's uh, a very, uh, uh, um, permit me to use the word devilish rule, nobody was allowed to prophesy in those days. Uh, so there was a 70 year gap between, between uh, there, there was no word of the law for 70 years uh, uh, at that time. So uh, about, so until this guy, I think until Josiah was about 20 something years. 
and we'll see the reforms. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the, the reforms uh, uh, that is, uh, Josiah, I mean, uh, Zephaniah's prophecy brought. But <coughs> let's go back a little bit to the times of, um, of Manasseh. So when, when Isaiah couldn't preach in public, Isaiah had to um, uh, write and sneak his prophecies around. So when Hezekiah got to know that this was what Isaiah was doing, he actually made a, uh, uh, he, he commanded Isaiah be bound and be put into a hollow tree, and then the tree was caught. So as I, that was how Isaiah died. He was literally sawn into into half. Uh, so there was nothing for years, no prophecies, nothing, until Josiah became king. And if you remember the the story of Josiah. Um, he was king, uh, uh, the, 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 the chief priest, I mean, the, the yes, the high priest was the one ruling when, he was, when Josiah was still a young boy. But as Josiah became matured, he commanded reforms, he commanded the temple to be, uh, to be built. Uh, can someone please help me reply, uh, Mr. Michael, to join with his audio? That's why he can't hear us. He needs to click join with audio. Femi, please help me reply. Okay, uh, back to back to what we're saying. Uh, so we uh, so he started reforms, and then around the time uh, he was in either in his early twenties uh, or late teens, that was when they were when they were cleaning up the 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 temple. They saw the uh, law. Uh, like just like seeing your old Bible or torn Bible somewhere, they brought it to Ezekiah uh, to Josiah at, at this time. When they read everything that was in the uh, that was written in the law, they cried that wow, no wonder God had been warning us because we've not been following uh, the things that are written here. So the reforms of of Josiah uh, uh, was also influenced by this. So we could see. Um, uh, we could see uh, the, the effect of the prophecy of Zephaniah on, uh, 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 on, on, on Josiah. However, he didn't, I mean, uh, Josiah was much older though. I mean, Zephaniah was much older. So his prophecy didn't uh, outlive or, or last long enough uh, uh, or, or, or let me say his reforms, the effect of his reforms didn't last uh, long enough um, to cause a permanent re uh, revolution. Uh, although Jeremiah was a contemporary, Jeremiah also prophesied towards the end of the reign of Josiah. Because we could see in Jeremiah chapter one, verse two, that he also said that he was prophesying during the reigns of Josiah. So enough of introduction and uh, all the, uh, history lesson. So let's go straight. Let's go in deeper into the uh, uh, lecture. Okay. So we've read that uh, given that Zephaniah prophesied during the reign of Josiah, we realized we realized that his ministry overlapped that of Jeremiah. We've talked about that. The the book is one of Old Testament books that gives prophecies of the end. It is notable for its writing on the day of the Lord. The judgment day. It derives its name from 
the the uh, author Zephaniah, who God used as a prophet during the reigns of Josiah. It is believed that the prophecy of Zephaniah could be one of the factors that led to Josiah's reform. It is believed that Zephaniah's forceful prophecy was a strong factor in the reform of Josiah. The prophecy of Zephaniah was not meant only for the people of Israel, but included other nations, that is the Gentiles. So this prophecy, that's another thing. Uh, 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 that's another thing about it. It was just, not just for the Israelites or for the uh, people of God at this time. It was also for the Gentiles. And we'll look at that in a bit. The book talks about the imminent judgment of God, which marks the end. The title Hebrew, the, the title in Hebrew is Sefan Yah, which I've talked about, Yahweh Heights. The day of the Lord is the common theme uh, in the book. So let's go to the discussion. Uh, number one, chapter one, verse seven, then verse 14 to 15. Uh, can someone help me read? Just a point, turn, let me read Zephaniah chapter one, verse seven, then go to verse 14 and 15. Zephaniah one, seven, then 14 to 15. Who is with the Bible and can help us to read? Zephaniah chapter 1 from verse 7. Stand in silence in the presence of the sovereign Lord, mm. for the awesome day of the Lord's judgment is near. The Lord has prepared his people for a great slaughter and has chosen their executioners. Verse 15. It will be a day when the Lord's anger is poured out, mm. a day of terrible distress and anguish, mm. a day of ruin and desolation. Mm. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Mm. Now, in this, in this number one, it says something which I underlined in my own outline. Okay, let me just read the whole stuff and I'll tell you about where I underlined. Zephaniah's very prominent theme is the coming day of the Lord, the judgment day, which he repeatedly and dreadfully drives home. All that people had acquired even silver and gold wouldn't be able to save them. I had to underline that last phrase or that last sentence. On the day of the Lord, on the judgment day, everything people have acquired, degrees, knowledge, moving to Mars, anything, talk about it, will not be able to save them. And it's, 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 it's quite sad and worrying that the richest man, I mean, at least I think he's the richest man on earth now. The richest man on earth came publicly to say he doesn't mind going to hellfire. I, do you, I, I don't think people really understood the importance or how great that is. And I've been, I've been promising the church this video Please remind me tonight, after this study, I'll send this video. If you look at the Commonwealth Games opening, the opening ceremony of the, of the 2022 Commonwealth Games, it was just the worship of the beasts, worship of the beast that is coming at the end time. It was under, I mean, the worship of the beast was, was publicly displayed with pride. 
when the richest man said, I mean, he doesn't mind going to hell. So a lot of things are happening. What people have acquired will not be able to save them on the day of the Lord. No matter how rich they are, no matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are, no matter how intelligent you are, everything that we've acquired is not going to be able to save anyone on the day of the Lord, on Judgment Day. So the day of the Lord uh, refers to looming danger that was coming on the people of Jerusalem, probably from the Chaldeans. And it has two meanings. So number the, the first meaning of the day of the Lord or, or the context, there are two contexts in the book of, of, of Zephaniah. The first context was locally. Uh, uh, God's judgment on Judah was uh, probably the, the, the Babylonian invasion uh, and the destruction of the city and the temple. So that was the local, that was the first impression, the local one, the first context, because it, it, it said it in uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, um, talked about uh, the invasion of Babylon, which later happened. Uh, uh, they invaded Jerusalem, they plowed if at, the time, uh, at the time. So uh, that was the that was the first uh, context or, or meaning. The second one was a kind of prophetic, and that's the, eschatolo the eschatological part of it. Eschatology is the study of end time. So the eschatological part of it uh, about the end time uh, and a great and final, more distant judgment coming upon the whole earth. Uh, and it, I mean, chapter one, verse 18, if you cross reference it to, to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 forward, we've, we've dealt with that when we're looking at treating the book of Revelation. Uh, just go on, on, on my podcast, either on Anchor or Spotify, and just search for book of Revelation. You should be able to get something on that. So I will dealt with Matthew chapter 24, also when we're talking about uh, Revelation chapter 6. Uh, so if you cross reference all those years, Revelation 6, 19. Uh, okay, let's look at Revelation 6, 19. Can someone read for us? Revelation 6.19, then we'll go to, um, uh, then another person will help me to read Zephaniah 1, 2 to 3 and 18. Then we'll cross-reference it to uh, Revelation 6.19. Revelation 6, did not get to verse 19. Okay. Uh, Revelations, oh, I think they made a, oh, sorry, 6 to 19, we can't read it, but let's read Revelation 6. Uh, where is the sixth seal? Let me read the sixth seal. That will be like the last three verses of Revelation chapter six. Where, where the lamb broke the sixth seal. Let me read that. Okay, verse 12. Yes. Verse 12. Yeah. I watch as the lamb be sixth seal. Mm. Great earthquake. Mm -hmm. The sun became as dark as black cloth. Mm -hmm. And the moon became as red as blood. Mm. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs mm. falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. Mm. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, mm. and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Mm. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the mm. powerful, and every slave and free person, all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Mm. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Mm. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? Hmm. Thank you very much. Let's go to 
who, who is in Zephaniah 1, 2 to 3, and verse 18. Zephaniah 1, 2 to 3, yeah. Zephaniah 2-3 says, I will utterly consume all things hmm. from off the land, said the Lord. Verse 3 says, I will consume man and beast. Hmm. I will consume the fowls of the heaven. Hmm. And the fishes of the blocks with the wicked. Hmm. And I will cut off man from off the land, hmm. said the Lord. Verse 18. Verse 18 says, Neither their silver nor their gold hmm. shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. Hmm. But the whole land shall be devoured by his jealousy. Hmm. For he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Hmm. Thank you very much. If, if Matthew 24 is a very long read. Uh, Matthew 24 tells you line by line what's going to happen on the day, on this dreadful day of the Lord. Um, and if you look at what Zephaniah said, you consider it's a confirmation of I mean, the sixth seal. A lot of uh, uh, scholars have believed that that is actually when rapture will happen. Uh, the rapture will have happened before the sixth seal is broken. Uh, and that's when cosmic disturbance um, is going to happen because Matthew 24 confirms that a number of things will happen, but the sign of the Son of Man will happen before this cosmic disturbance stars falling into the sky, I mean, stars falling out of the skies to the earth, consuming everything. As Zephaniah 1.18 says, the, the silver and gold they've acquired will not be able to, to save them. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, the last verse is saying that captains, generals, all the hard people are well to do, will be calling on mountains to fall on them and save them. So their money will not be able to save them. They will not be around to witness this day in the name of Jesus. The day of the Lord is not a day, and, and, and people that have, have wrongly thought that um, uh, devil will be punishing people in hell is a is a fallacious statement. Is a is not is not is not biblical at all. The devil is not the one in charge of of hell. The devil will never be in charge of end time. The devil is not in charge at all. Even after rapture, it is God that is dealing with the people that are left behind. It is God that is making the stars to fall from the sky. It is God that is making hailstones fall from the sky. And people will suffer. We don't want to, may we not experience that in the name of Jesus. Okay, next point. Uh, chapter 2, Zephaniah chapter 2, 1 to 3. Despite impending judgments, the gracious and merciful God was still charging them to seek him. For adventure, a remnant would be preserved by the just and righteous Lord, who never delights in the sinner's death. Can we read chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 of Zephaniah? Zephaniah 2, 1 to 3. Is Zephaniah to that is one to two. Yeah. Together. Yeah, gather yourself together. O nation, not desired. Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the shaft, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. 
which have brought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye in the day of the Lord's anger. Mm. So, despite the fact that God was talking about judgment, I will do this, I will do this, I will do that, your money will not be able to save you. Chapter 2, it started with a way out. So, like I've been repeatedly saying, if you've been listening to my teachings, I've always maintained the position that God had always been a gracious God across dispensations. It is erroneous or fallacious to say that we are in the dispensation of grace. Then another dispensation was the dispensation of law. God had always been gracious. There had always been grace across all dispensations. So as much as God was talking about judgment and the impending danger, things that will happen, he opened chapter two with the way out. God wanted them to repent. God is not... God is not like Nigerian police, like I do say, uh, or Nigerian law enforcement, some of some of the law enforcement anyways, uh, whereby they are only happy to arrest you. They are only, the Holy Spirit, okay, yeah, we're talking about it in Sunday school, in church. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not, is not like, a poli, uh, like Nigerian police, that they are there to arrest you. Like, like uh, a, traffic, a traffic management authority in Lagos. Uh, maybe they've changed now, I don't know. They, they are more interested in uh, arresting offenders than, than, than uh, controlling traffic. That's not the way God is. God is not, is not, is not uh, running to arrest you. God wants us to change. The Holy Spirit is not there to only convict you when you are wrong. The Holy Spirit also, that's what we're treating in Sunday school anyways. The Holy Spirit also convicts you of righteousness. When you are right, the Holy Spirit also says, yes, my son, you are right. When you are, when you are doing well, the Holy Spirit says, yes, you are doing well. When things are good, the Holy Spirit says, yes. So the Holy Spirit is not just for, uh, to catch sin, to catch offenders. The same thing, God is not just interested in, in making you escape goods or catching you or making you, uh, that is not what God is interested in. God wants us to change. God wants us to be uh, uh, committed. God wants us to do things. So the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. God is not there uh, uh, to, to see or say like a typical Nigerian lecturer or an average Nigerian lecturer who rejoices when their students fails. Like, do you understand? Like, I don't know how a lecturer will be happy that 50% of his students failed. That is not how God works. And that is because of the kind of people we have surrounded ourselves with. Police is looking for a way to arrest you. Even when your papers are complete, they will look for a, a, an offense to, to put on you. Or your lecturers, they are always, even when you wrote the, in fact, there was a time when people like us went to school. School law, citadel of learning, is an offense to know. If you know too much, your lecturers will be angry at you that, that you know. In a place that you should know. <laughs> so, because we've been surrounded with people like this, we, we also put that on God. We think God is like that. That God, ah, if you think, if you do like this, God will be angry. No, God is not like that. God wants us to change. God wants us to come to him. God wants us to, to repent. Uh, God will help us in Jesus' name. Let me quickly look at that next point. Um, uh, from... 
chapter 2, verse 4 to 19. It's a long read. I'll just summarize. Uh, Zephaniah's prophecy wasn't meant only for the Jews. Mention some of the other nations that will be divinely uh, uh, bashed. Uh, number one is the Philistines. That's from verses 4 to 7. You can write it down if you have your manner with you. Because uh, supposed to be a, a classwork. What time is gone? Let's just let me just tell us. Philistines, then eight to eleven. These Moabites, Egypt, 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 and Ethiopia down south, and verse thirteen to fifteen, they are uh, uh, Assyria. So those people are going to be judged, are going to be received their own bashing because of the way they responded or the way they treated uh, 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 the Jews or the Israelites. Okay, uh, let's just quickly, let's go to the, uh, just if I will omit some points there, go to the next one. In Zephaniah, we see a relationship between divine judgment and divine blessing. Judgment has to do with those who chose to be God's enemies, while God's blessings and salvation are for his faithful people. And I love the word, the choice of words here. Judgment has to do, it, judgment is reserved for those who chose to become God's enemies, not those who are God's enemies. I love the choice of words there. So, God doesn't want anybody to be his enemy. We are the one that we choose. Say, no, I want to be an enemy of God. Because God has made us moral agents. We have the ability to choose. God's judgment does the following. Number one, delivers, delivers us from our enemies by it. So what happens when, when, because when things like this happen to believers, when believers also go through trials, why? What could be so? This we're looking at why? Why will the believers or the Jews to be judged or go through their own bashing? Let me permit me to use that word. Uh, it's number one. God delivers us from our enemies by it. God drums sense into our head by His judgment. Number two, He purifies the righteous remnant so that um, it's not it's through the judgment. Through, that's when they separate the wheat from the tares. Number three, he brings out our blessings. And number four is a means of removing our sins. So, um, I, I mean, a lot of things are treating nowadays in Sunday school uh, talks about some of these things as well. Uh, in our Sunday school uh, class uh, uh, last week, uh, the, the, the Christian race is not a challenge-free race. Those who teach that, permit uh, me to say, only take one side of the scripture. Because even Jesus, our Lord, when he was living, he said that in this world, you will have persecution. But we have a good news. No, I've got it settled, guys. But you, you, you will have persecution. In fact, the, 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 the last sermon we had in church, uh, one of the key points in that sermon is that God is able to do his work in the midst of a situation by, and he will not take away the situation. God is able to sort you out, do whatever he wants to do with you in the midst of a situation. 
not by taking away the situation or or or, or it will by it will not take away the situation it will leave you in the situation it, okay let me read the quote it here god is able to do his business in the midst of a chaotic situation and not stop the situation and still get glory in the situation and he will not deliver you from it but he delivers you in it and allows you to go through it and he keeps you from it God will, okay, a, a very typical example is uh, Minister Dunsin Oyekon, for instance. He was involved in a very, very uh, fatal accident uh, a couple of weeks ago or months ago. God could have stopped the accident, but God is able to do his business by not stopping the accident. You will still go through the accident, but the accident will not touch you. <laughs> it will deliver you through it. God is able to keep you, make you go through the fairy furnace. It will not quench the fire. The fire will still be burning. You will be inside the fire, but your, your clothes will not even smell of smoke. So that is our God. God, at times, the way he works are deliverance. I'm telling you, okay, uh, thank you, Tola. Sometimes God calms the storms for us. While in other times, God allows the storm to keep raging while he calms you. Thank you very much. So at, at times, the storm will still keep raging and you are calm. So it's not all the times that we just decree peace be still and there will be peace. So that when we are, when we are going through things and we declare peace be still and there's no peace and we're just looking at why God, haven't you answered me? But God is trying to tell you that no, you, you still go through that storm. It won't, it won't just touch you and I will still get the glory and I'll still do my business. Praise the Lord. The same God that didn't quench the, the fire in the fairy furnace shut the mouth of the lion. So, I mean, God can do anything and take the glory from it. Okay. So, uh, I think this, we should be wrapping up now. What should we do? What should be the response to Zephaniah's message? And we've read some of it. Uh, I think verse 7 of chapter 1. Be silent. Ah, no, 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 no. This, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is great. This is heavy. Be silent. That, that song says, I mean, that, that, that scripture says, be still and know that I am the Lord. Calm down. Drop all the worries. Be silent. Most of the times in prayers, we only, we only tell God of our challenges. We are not quiet to listen back. Be silent. Calm down. Drop every, every anxiety. Drop every worry. Number two, seek the Lord. Then three, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Uh, we, we mostly often talk about sowing and reaping. Time of sowing, time of reaping. I've, I've sowed this is, my, this is my season of harvest. Uh, but we, we rarely talk about the season of waiting. Between the sowing and the reaping, there's a waiting period. We need to learn to wait. And lastly, joyful worship. Joyfully worship God. So while waiting, let's keep uh, joyful. Let's keep happy. Uh, yeah, so we'll go to conclusion. If you have questions, please raise your hand or contributions. 
on Facebook, you can type it on the comments uh, so that I can read it. Uh, and on Zoom, just raise your hand so, so that you can unmute yourself. Well, let me just quickly read the conclusion, then we'll pray. If there are no questions. We are obviously in the end time. Our salvation now is nearer than when we first believed. The great day of God's judgment is closer than when we first gave our lives to Christ. There is therefore the need for us to be wary of this dreadful period, as nobody will be able to endure the anger of God's judgment. Very soon, God will destroy sin and sin and the man of sin, devil. Jesus gave the believer the key to unlock this period. Don't be deceived. Matthew 24, 4, Mark 13, 5. As the name Zephaniah implies, only those who seek the Lord out of, only those who seek the Lord out of true hearts may be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Nevertheless, there is always provision for repentance. God is ready to save anyone who seeks him. Consider your ways. Don't be incorrigible. Praise the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Akobi, uh, you have questions. Please unmute yourself if you're in a quiet place. Okay. I think you've typed your question. What are we supposed to do in the waiting period? Beautiful question. Um, like the fourth point we read says, uh, while waiting, thankfully, joyfully worship God. Thank him in the waiting room. Uh, I think there's some, I read, I read previous sermon before, maybe a long time ago, uh, uh, in the waiting room or, or either rejoicing in, the, rejoicing in the hallway or something like that. While we are in the waiting room, in the hallway, between this door and the next door, worship God, thankfully praise him. Thank him for he. And like we said last week, when we we're treating Habakkuk, you start from the from the unknown to the known. Like even when you are confused, perplexed about the situation, what is happening around me, those are unknown. Finish with the known. I know that God is faithful. I know that God, you are my Father. I know you love me. So look at the things He has done in the past. Hold on to those things that you know that are non-negotiable skills of God. God cannot never fail. God cannot lie. God loves me. God is my father. So you hold on to those things that you know are non-negotiable about the, I mean, non-negotiable attributes of God. Praise the Lord. I hope I was able to answer your question. Any other question on Facebook? Okay. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. In the absence of uh, any other question, let's just say a word of prayer as we close. Uh, Tola, are you in a place, in a quiet place? If you can close the meeting for us with prayers. Okay, sir. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you, we bless your name, we give you the glory for your word that you have sent to us today. 
Thank you, Lord, for the grace you've given unto us to lay again at your feet. We say, be exalted, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Be lifted, O God, in the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Lord and our God, we, we pray that as we go into businesses, as we go about our life, our journey in this life, that, Lord, you will help us to wait patiently on you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will help us, oh God, to wait on you and trust you, to trust you with the whole of our hearts, that you are right there with us, that you have our best interest at heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Lord, we pray that at the end, we shall have testimonies, we shall sing the song of victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the your name will be glorified in our life. We'll bring Amen. honor to your name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you the glory. In Jesus' Amen. name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, for those in Abuja, uh, we meet on Saturday, 8 a.m. for evangelism. And on Sunday, 8 a.m. at Sunday School. Uh, workers meeting 8 a.m. Sunday School, 8.15 and then the service starts at nine. This Sunday, our Zona Superintendent will be worshiping with us. So please let's come on time uh, and be ready to serve the Lord and praise God. Thank you very much for your support, prayers, gifts, and everything uh, uh, yesterday, uh, since last week that our baby girl came. So I really, really do appreciate it. God bless you in Jesus' name. So have a wonderful evening and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. All right, bye.